Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hold on, man. I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, I'm here. How's it going, everybody? Uh, there's more to that than you realize with today's folks. With today's folks show? With today's show, folks. Oh, see? Yeah, all of this right here. All of this is going on because we are making Ben Jarofsky show history today, people. It is true yes. because this is, in fact, the earliest, <laughs> the earliest broadcast we've ever done. Yeah. It is an early 1044 in the morning. <laughs> it's early, man. It's early. It's really early. And usually I'm uh, asleep at this time. And uh, we we record the show sometimes one o'clock, sometimes one thirty. Are we giving out too much information here, Dave? Eh, I have no clue. I'm just discombobulated uh, <laughs> right now. It's too early. It's so early, man. Hold on, I see a robin and a a worm. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> that's no worm. Uh, oh, our mystery guest. Hey everybody, how's it going? <laughs> Your Ben Jarofsky show for Tuesday, July twelfth, the earliest one we've ever done. Is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, sometimes what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Chicago Reader, ChicagoReader.com, and if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J O R A. V is in victory, S-K-Y. Now, before we start the show, I guess we have a little uh, debate, if you will. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, we have a debate on our hands here. Uh, the song by uh, Golden Earring. I thought it was Foghat. Radar Love. Radar <laughs> Love. Uh, ben always sings this song on the on the program. Yes. Uh, ben, let's hear your rendition of Radar Love, because he always sings this one particular line, well, but we've learned something. I know. Yeah, okay, well. I, yeah. It's the opening line. I've been driving all night, my hands went on a wheel. Wow, 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 wow. That's the guitar. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. Yes. Wow, 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 or whatever. It says Ben Jarofsky. <laughs> Our guest, Dave Glowatz, he sang the song, and then he sang it a little differently. Ben, or Ben. Dave, can you uh, give us your rendition? In my William S. Burroughs voice, I've been driving all night, my hands white on the wheel. Hands white on the wheel, yes. he says. Like, like white knuckled, you know. Wait, time out. Whose voice was that? William S. Burroughs. Oh. <laughs> William you couldn't tell? No. It's either that or Brian Hopkins. I, uh, I get so, those mixed up sometimes. So ben, anyway. ben says when on the wheel. Glowat says white on the wheel. What is the answer? Ben Jarofsky. The answer is I've been driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. That is Tell correct. wins. <laughs> Darren Bailey Wade. It's his favorite song, too. DB loves it. I've been driving all night. My hand wet on the wheel. Oh, wow, it is wet. Wow, I thought it was white. Actually, that makes no, more sense. I like. You know, da- I like. I mean, you know, his hands wet on the wheel. He's gripping it. So I mean, you could go either way. Whatever you know, like Mary Miller. Did she say right to life? White lie. I mean, you know, you oh, never know. There we go. Break that comparison. <laughs> I'm sure Golden Earring appreciates that. The Ben Jarofsky Show, guys. We gotta go. 
Oh my god, it starts now. <laughs> It is Tuesday, July 12th, and this is the Ben Jaronsky Show. And now your host, apparently he's been driving all night, hands wet on the wheel, Chicago Raider columnist Ben Jaronsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jaronsky here. We're calling this Nixon Land Tuesday, and here's why. Because I just wrote about Nixonland by Rick Perlstein. That's why I felt like talking about it today. I wrote it for the Reader Newsletter. It's out today. We got the great Dave Goats. We're going to bring him on real soon to talk city council. But this is on my mind. And uh, you have to read the full newsletter to know why it's on my mind. I've st- uh, the book was on the nightstand, et cetera, and so forth. It do- doesn't matter why it's on my mind. The book came out in 2008. It's, uh, it chronicles uh, the rise of Richard Nixon to be president, the, the two years leading up to Nixon's presidency and the first four years of his presidency. It's a great book. I love it. I've read it already, and I keep it uh, around and, and handy. For s- just every now and then I pick it up and read it. The point is... Uh, Dennis and I have been discussing for over a week now whether it was a smart strategy by J.B. Pritzker and Democrats to fund uh, the uh, essentially fund the gubernatorial campaign of Darren Bailey uh, so that he would win the Republican nomination. And uh, their uh, thought and their theory behind this was that Darren Bailey, uh, as a the maggiest MAGA man in the state of Illinois, would be easier to defeat than let's say Richard Irvin, who was more or less, and I have this in quotes, a moderate. So that was the theory. Dennis and I have been discussing it. Dennis and I uh, are in agreement on this, that we thought he, uh, you know, maybe the Dems were out thinking themselves a little bit here too much. And my particular take is I take uh, fascism very seriously and I'm very frightened of the MAGA movement and uh, I don't, wouldn't want to do anything to promote it. Well, by chance the other day, I opened up a book, the aforementioned Nixon land, uh, just, Open it up, and as I recall, it was page 631. And Rick Perlstein uh, is writing about the 1972, <laughs> the 1972 presidential campaign, one of my favorite campaigns. Oh. It was the first presidential campaign that I followed really closely. Dennis wasn't even born yet. Dude, I heard uh, 1972, and I'm like, oh, Ben's in love. <laughs> he loves it, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, and, and by the way, uh, Radar Love was not even written. This is how long ago that was. Radar Love wasn't even written yet. Young Dave Glowatz was a mere lad. My guest today, he was, he was just a, a mere lad in 1972. Mere, young scholar at Weber High School studying mathematics. Anyway, um, <laughs> so apparently it was the strategy, a similar strategy to the one that Nixon uh, followed. Uh, Nixon was very much, and his henchmen were very much involved in the Democratic presidential primary of 1972, doing what they could uh, to advance the case, uh, the cause of George McGovern the uh, liberal senator from South Dakota and the reigning theory governing them uh, as they moved, uh, uh, did their machinations behind the scene was that George McGovern would be easier to defeat in November. In other words, the exact same carbon copy strategy that Pritzker and Adams were employing just in this last uh, go around here in Illinois. And you know what? It worked. The only only people in the country who supported George McGovern were hippies like me. The kind of guys who would grow up into podcasters and sit in an alley over sit in an attic overlooking an alley and talk about how we need lefty politics. <laughs> so I, I don't know, D. 
I'm starting to have second thoughts about our criticism of J.B. Pritzker's strategy. If it worked for Richard Nixon. There you go. I guess I'm alone in the boat now. Following the strategy of Richard Nixon. Oh, my goodness, Dems. You are a piece of work, Democrats. You are a piece of work following. Hey, it worked for Richard Nixon. Actually, I bet you nobody uh, in the Pritzker camp knew that it worked for Richard Nixon. I think that's a level of obsession that even political junkies of today don't have because it means going way, way back. In the that is All correct. Right. Thank you, uh, Darren Bailey. All right, without further ado, I want to bring on the young man from Weber High School, Dave Goetz, uh, inside Chicago government once a month or so. Uh, he comes on this show with um, clips that he's put together of recent city council meetings. It's the diehards who listen to this show it's their favorite episode. If you're a real serious student of Chicago politics, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. So without further ado, Dave Gloatz. Take it away, Dave. Thanks for having me, Ben. And thanks for having me, Dennis. Dennis, can you do, a, out of curiosity, a Richard Nixon impersonation? I am not a crook. I don't know. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty good. All right. It's actually not good. All right. I, I need to shake my cheeks more. I am not a crook. <laughs> How do you do that? It's, you know, yeah, I think he actually did shake his cheeks. He, he's kind of heading into Elvis country. I <laughs> uh, leave it to Ben to always critique my impressions. Thanks, Simon. Well, my sister says that my Captain Picard impersonation sounds like Sean Connery. Uh, I'm not sure who Captain Picard is. Star I'm Trek. Sorry. Let's he, hear it. Oh. Um, take off the Oh, I like that. Sounds like I like Connery. It sounds like the guy who plays Sean Connery uh, in Saturday Night Live. You ever seen a Celebrity Jeopardy? So an impersonation of an impersonation yes. of an impersonation. Yes. Yes. Daryl Hammond was his name. Very good. How the hell did you know that? I'm on Is fire from, today, dude. I like these early morning things. Is he from Indiana? Oh, uh, Hammond, Indiana. I give it. Oh, I'm sorry, a noted organ player. <laughs> All right. Well, today, today we'll look at several Chicago City Council meetings that took place in June. We'll hear from the full City Council meeting that took place on June 22. And we'll hear from the June meeting of the City Council's Committee on Finance that stretched out over, well, a really long time. We'll start, though, with the June 22 meeting of the full council. That meeting lasted about four hours meeting began with only 38 aldermen present, but aldermen drifted in and 47 had arrived by the time of the first vote. Dennis, please, we're going to do family first. <clears throat> Things went a little out of the normal order at the June 22 meeting. First, there was the usual half hour of public comment. And then normally after that, there's a lengthy testimonial of some person or organization built around a resolution honoring that person or organization. For example, Ben, you might remember that in February, the council spent over an hour praising Secretary of State Jesse White on the occasion of his retirement, even though he won't retire until next year. <laughs> anyway, at the June meeting, they didn't do any of that. Instead, the council went right to the appointment by Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Monique Scott, as 24th Ward Alderman, filling the vacancy left by Ben, who? Uh, Michael Scott, Jr. Who went to work where? 
Uh, he went to work. Oh, gosh, I do know this. Uh, was it Bally's? He went to work for. Uh, uh, who did he? It, it was a large business in his ward in the 24th. Oh, Cinescope. He went to work for the movie. Uh, Cinespace. Cinespace, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I thought Bally. It's early in the morning, ladies and gentlemen. Well, uh, it, yeah, it has something in common with the Bally's. Yes, uh, and it's in his ward. Is it? Is it yeah. currently in his ward? Yeah, uh, yes. and it's a large TV production studio that uh, occupies quite a bit of land. And according to friends of mine who live down there in the twenty fourth ward, they seem to occupy even more land than they're statutorily obliged or obliged um, entitled to. Anyway, All right. and wait, this, and for ten ahead. trivia points, what TV show? that featured a character who became quite controversial in the city of Chicago was filmed there. Go. Uh, Star Trek law enforcement. <laughs> Empire starring Jesse Smollett. Go ahead. D. Wow. Kinds of trivia. <clears throat> anyway, getting back to this um, uh, ordinance that um, called for the approval by the council of Mayor Lightfoot's appointment of Ms. Scott to fill the seat vacated by Mr. Scott, her brother. Uh, Alderman talked about um, the Scott family, about Monique Scott, and about uh, Michael Scott for about 20 minutes. And they were doing things like wishing Michael Scott well, and some spoke of how much they knew the Scott family. And um, it started with a report by the Rules Committee Chair, Alderman Michelle Harris. Let's listen. The chair recognizes Chairwoman Harris. I move for the temporary suspension of the rules for the immediate consideration of the Rules Committee report recommending the appointment of a new alderman for the 24th Ward and the associated resolution establishing her committee chairmanship. Hearing no objection, so ordered. Madam President and members of the City Council reporting for your Committee on Committees and Rules, which met yesterday, June 21st, 2022, the Committee recommends the passage of the following items. The appointment of Monique L. Scott as the 24th Ward Alderman and the associated resolution updating our Committee Assignments resolutions to include Alderman Scott as replacing the former Alderman. Alderman David Moore. I consider myself a progressive person. I hate what I call systematic politics. But one thing we constantly get sometimes berated about is that we don't have a secession plan and that we're not grooming people. And when I tell people, as we're trying to make sure that people know about government, get involved, who should we be looking at first? And that's to be our family. If we're not grooming people in our family to serve, first of all, not to get a position, but to serve, then what are we here for? And it should start at home. And so I think, you know, not only your dad, but your brother have worked with you to be a servant and you've been serving. You're not new to this. Your resume undoubtedly speaks for itself. And I don't feel somebody just because it's somebody family member that they should be, for lack of a better word, not considered. And so you stand on your own two feet. And, 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 and I just wanted to make sure we express that, you know, because we always talk about secession planning and, and secession planning and teaching and learning starts where? At home first. I wish I had a, a brother or somebody that I could, um, you know, develop and groom um, to serve. And then in that serving, you wasn't looking for this. And that's what I like. I don't like anybody that look for the position. 
it finds you. And this position found you. And so I, I wish you much success and um, definitely going to hopefully do anything I can do to help you succeed and the community that you serve succeed. I appreciate the uh, mayor for considering everyone that she considered. And from her standpoint, she, I believe, chose the best person who she thought would be the best for this seat at this time. There were more comments by Alderman than what we just heard. Plus, Mayor Lightfoot herself commented on Ms. Scott's approval at a post-council press conference. Listeners can hear some of those remarks in the extended version of this interview found at the Inside Chicago Government website, shygov.com. Ben, I want to kind of zero in on Alderman Moore's comments there that he said very quickly at the beginning, you noticed that he doesn't approve of what he called quote, systemic politics, unquote, and then he immediately launched <laughs> it to say there should be a succession plan that, you know, it begins at home. And I'm just, it seems a little, I don't know, contradictory to me. Well, it's, uh, he, uh, Alderman David Moore, the 17th Ward, is a lot like me in this issue. We're all over the map. And uh, so uh, in the abstract, what went down, there's no way to defend it. First of all, uh, uh, Michael Scott should have filled out his uh, his term. He ran for four year term. It's not like when uh, Alderman um, Daly Thompson of the Eleventh Ward had was forced out because he was convicted uh, in a uh, tax fraud uh, trial, federal tax fraud trial. Uh, Michael Scott was elected to fill a four year term, and he just left early <laughs> early to take a job in the private sector. Uh, and in a major business in his ward. In his ward. So right there and then, they got issues, you know. Uh, so that in itself uh, is problematic. And so um, I think that's actually more problematic than the fact that his sister is named the person to replace him. So when we get to the whole issue of how vacancies are filled, and we talk about this all the time in Chicago, it's, it's kind of a farce or a joke. You know, it's all in who you know. It's the the Democratic chieftains meeting uh, and uh, wheeling and dealing behind the scenes. And then that person gets the leg up uh, on uh, the opposition uh, in the upcoming election. So, yeah, I think it's uh, just if in the abstract, uh, it's I, I, I feel it's um, it's sort of a violation of what small D democracy is all about. Just to walk away from your seat before your term is up after you've, uh, you've made a pledge to the voters that you will be their alderman. Uh, and then you turn things over to your sister. That said, I, I think her qualifications are as good as anyone's. So you get what I'm saying? That's where you're all over the map. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she's, uh, she worked at the park district. She worked, uh, she worked in private uh, enterprise. She worked for some corporation. There was a selection committee uh, that well, you know, I had uh, that, a that take applications and, yeah. and recommended, if I'm not mistaken, three finalists to the mayor from whom the mayor chose. Yes, Scott. Yes, one of those finalists, as you know, is Wallace Mickey Johnson. Uh, he used to play for the Chicago Bulls, uh, one of that great 1977 Chicago Bulls team that you are well aware of, uh, with artist Gilmore at center. That really how could uh, I forget? Came out of nowhere at the, with a great closing run and. What a, a wonderful playoff game against the Portland Trailblazers. So uh, some could argue that he should have gotten it by virtue of that. Uh, I would say, uh, I don't know, maybe you should have a rule that says the person who takes the seat only uh, fills it until the next election. Placeholder. 
Yes, literally a place. I they cannot. And then you're, so you're suggesting they would not be able to run. Yes. That's and then right. just for the uninitiated, what, what you're talking about is that because the person in the seat when the election comes around is the incumbent, that gives them uh, a campaign leg up, so to speak. It's running as the incumbent. Yeah, it's a handoff. And uh, we've seen it. Sometimes it's more egregious than in other cases. I think it was more egregious when Richard Mouth, alderman of the 33rd War, alderman, uh, stepped down midterm and turned things over to his daughter, uh, who just didn't seem interested in the job at all. Uh, At least you didn't have to go to Springfield anymore. Yes, she was interested in not having to go to Springfield anymore. So I, I just, you know, it's it's one of those Chicago political games. And uh, I I can understand why David Moore was all over the map. Michael, the, the, just so you know, folks, uh, people newer to Chicago, the Scott names uh, is a, uh, has a lot of significance in Chicago politics. Michael Scott Jr., who the alderman who stepped down to take the job with the movie uh, production company, his father uh, uh, was Michael Scott. And Michael Scott was a significant player in the Richard Daly administration. I served, he served at the school board. He served on the park district board. He was chair of the school board, wasn't he? Uh, was he at one point? Uh, I believe so. I was, he, he was, I believe he was. Listeners don't quote us on this. Yeah. Don't quote us in that. Uh, and uh, I think it would be president of the school board anyway, but neither here nor there. Uh, he was a big shot in the Daly administration uh, and he ended up, committing suicide. Some people say he was murdered. Uh, there's no evidence of that. Strong evidence. Of that. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on a tangent. Uh, but the point is, uh, so when uh, David Moore talks about uh, the Michael Scott and the legacy, he's talking about really uh, Daddy Scott. Uh, and uh, One might use the word dynasty. Yes. One might use the word in the 24th Ward, uh, North London. When I first met Michael Scott, he was a very young man, and so was I. Uh, he was working for Rich, Rich Daly's 1983 uh, mayoral campaign where daily lost to the great Harold Washington. And, uh, I remember uh, being just, we, we really impressed with him and I liked him and he was a lot of fun to talk to. And, uh, we were both outsiders to put it mildly I, as me as the reporter who dropped in from liberal land to cover the campaign. And he, uh, as uh, one of the few black, uh, I think, aids to daily so um we had a lot in common in that regards that we were alienated from the larger daily campaign apparatus the difference of course uh is that i my experience was i wanted nothing to do with this uh operation and his uh he gravitated toward it and um, that became his career so yeah there's a lot of there's a legacy there uh there's a tradition there it's a well-known name and it's business as usual in the city of chicago and i personally don't think it helps uh, democracy in the city that the mayor appoints the um, or nominates the city council for approval. So keeping score here this year, we have <clears throat> two appointments so far by the mayor of vacated aldermanic seat. The aforementioned Patrick Daly Thompson of the 11th Ward, the mayor appointed and got approval for Nicole Lee. And then now this one with Monique Scott in the 24th Ward. Ben, what aldermanic seat will Mayor Lightfoot most likely get to appoint next, do you think? Oh, uh, well, no, it, uh, it all depends when the uh, if the trial takes place or uh, uh, before. I've, I've got an easier one than that. 34th Ward. Uh, what? Say, so think of what just happened in the primary election. 
Oh, George Cardenas, 12th Ward. Yes, right, very right. good. Excellent for knowing that. Uh, he uh, is w- won the Democratic primary for Cook County Board of Review, the tax. First district. Uh, and um, give you credit for knowing the First district, of which there are three. Wow. I, I, even I did not know that it was the first district. And, you, and the person who ran in the Republican primary was? Uh, Abraham Lincoln, of course. No one. <laughs> <laughs> no one ran for Board of Review First District in the Republican primary, so Mr. Cardenas is unopposed for the November well, general election. Uh, it, he may not end up that way. The Republican committeemen uh, have, uh, under law, the right to uh, convene and appoint someone uh, to run. But it, put it this way. What is their deadline for that, do you know? I do not know the answer to that, Senator. It's got to be uh, soon. Uh, I don't know. I actually do not know if if I, maybe this the entire summer they have to it. I so, know I was just so having this conversation with young Jacob Kaplan, the head of the, uh, the executive director of the Cook County Democratic Party, about several Democratic vacancies. So do you think it's likely, given that you know there was no primary campaign for a Re- Republican in that position, that a Republican could beat Cardenas in November? No. So he'll presumably take office on, I checked, it'd be December 5th. Yes, at which point, uh, so that would be, okay, ladies and gentlemen, think about this. So that would be uh, three months before the um, municipal election. The fall, the municipal election. And so I would, <laughs> what a, and I'd give you a, a contrast. This is one of uh, Dave Glowitz's mind's favorite debates. Uh, four years ago, there was essentially a vacancy in the 25th Ward because uh, the incumbent alderman at the time, Danny Solis, uh, he had said he was stepping down. He's going to f- finish his term. And then uh, after he made that announcement, it was revealed that he was the mole who's gathering uh, evidence on Ed Burke. Uh, and it was just the city was stunned by that revelation that like he was wearing a wire. And he kind of went into the witness protection program. And I use that as a metaphor. I don't think he was literally in a witness protection, but he just disappeared. But he, he did started, not resign. No, he, right. He did not resign. He was still drawing a paycheck, as far as I know. He just so, disappeared. He didn't show so up. So do you approve of that? I mean, would you no, rather have resigned? Wait, which part? I, I, I would argue, and I have made this argument, I've advanced this argument, that nobody has done more for the cause of reform. And I have reform in quotes because I, I think it's a misuse, misuse of the word to ever apply it to Chicago politics or state politics or any kind of politics in this country. But whatever. And the conventional use of the word reform. No one has contributed more in this century to reform in the city of Chicago than one alderman, Danny Solis. So I would make that, but you know, by um, <laughs> gathering info that brought down Burke and Madigan. And by not that. resigning so that there wasn't an incumbent to run against Byron Sixto Lopez, who ended up winning uh, the seat in that word. Yeah. Well, he uh, had endorsed, uh, Solis had endorsed someone again, uh, I, at that stage, I do not believe even Mayor Rahm. I this, this is I'm going on a limb here. I don't believe that even Mayor Rahm would have had the audacity in January of 2019, about a month before an election, to appoint <laughs> uh, to appoint a, an alderman. To fill like what a one month or no, he would have been like he would have filled uh, the vacancy with Acevedo, who is running against Byron Sixto Lopez. So, you know what? Now that I say it. Yeah, they 
They, they, I don't know. I sit, I I know sit corrected, that. young Dave Blowads. I sit corrected. I'm Rob like, would have pulled are you, it off. That no, I don't. And, think and so. by the way, so the reason why this is a, a debate between Dave Blowads and I uh, is that Byron Cisho Lopez uh, was the elected alderman. Follow me in this, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he was had just been elected, so he was the alderman elect uh, in. Uh, what would it have been March of 2019 Uh and uh, a few weeks after that March election, right before mayor Rahm or or April of 2019, right before mayor Rahm officially stepped down in the last city council meeting that he convened, he got uh, the pup, his puppets on the Chicago city council to approve the 78 TIF deal, even though Byron Sixo Lopez had said he was against it. And in a debate with young Dave Gloatz, I said, well, this is an example of how alderman and prerogative is non-existent. Uh, here, the uh, mayor, alderman-elect uh, said he uh, was against it, and they approved it anyway. To which and Dave, I said. To, to which Dave Gloatz, a brilliant, uh, a brilliant, what is it, uh, skilled debater said, Ben, he was the only the alderman-elect. Alderman and prerogative does not apply to alderman. And you know what the brilliant thing about young Dave Glowatz when he said that? He managed to do say that without cracking up at the absurd. That was called aldermanic-elect prerogative. <laughs> Can you believe I remember that debate, DJ? Of course you, of course you do. <laughs> it's got those three little magic words there, tax increment financing and yes. all that. So shall we move on? We've got a lot to cover. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. That's okay. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Tennis, please. We'll do recess next. So now I want to go back to earlier in the month to a meeting of the committee on finance. That committee met on June 16. Scheduled time to start was 10 a.m. Started about 10:05 and met for four hours. The committee had 14 items on its agenda, including approval of a new tax increment financing district, TIF district and TIF funding for several Chicago Transit Authority projects. Third on the agenda was Ninth Ward Alderman Anthony Beal's latest attempt to pass an ordinance that would raise the speed at which Chicago speed limit cameras are triggered from the current six mile per hour threshold over the limit of the posted limit to a 10 mile per hour threshold over the limit. And I'll note that the city or city's ordinance always allowed this kind of enforcement, but it was it was never it was never uh, put into practice until Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced in 2020 that the city would start enforcing the lower threshold. Alderman Beals proposed ordinance record number 02021-1227, which he introduced in March 2021 would codify the higher threshold so the city could not, in fact, uh, catch more people. Back to the June 16 meeting, as I say, Beal's ordinance appeared third on the Finance Committee agenda, but Committee Chair Scott Wagespach took it up last on the agenda at about two hours in. So when the agenda item did come up, there was a presentation by Chicago Department of Transportation Commissioner Gia Biagi, uh, the CDOT staff, and Comptroller Reshma Sony. After those presentations, there were many questions by aldermen. And after the aldermen were done with the questions, committee chair Wagaspak asked the ordinance sponsored to wrap up. Let's listen. It's not about public safety. It's all about revenue. So with that, Mr. Chairman, I asked for a roll call. Yeah. 
Alderman Beal, I'd like to hold this until I'm asking for a roll call vote, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Well, if you would let me speak first, you've got six outstanding items that you asked for that your experts who just gave rhetorical questions asked for and that several aldermen asked for. You came to me at the last minute yesterday afternoon with no information except to have a last minute hearing on it. So what I would like to do is recess until Tuesday get all this information for you, and then we can have a vote on Tuesday. Is that acceptable? No, it's Because I've got five, at least five things on here that people have asked for. And, um, and they, can, they can still provide that information Tuesday if we vote today, and then they can still provide I'd, that same information. I'd like to recess until Tuesday to get everybody the straight up facts. And then at that point, if they want to vote, they would actually vote yes on your item. We can do that then. I'm requesting a roll call vote, Mr. Chairman. Move to table. Alderman, I'm gonna, I'd like to stand in recess. For this committee. Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, are we on recess until Tuesday or are we just recess temporarily? Alderman, uh, five minute. Just give me a five minute recess. Okay. Uh, until actually, wait a minute. We've got 157, 205. Okay. Thank you. Recess until 205. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody's still there. Sorry, I just uh, was told that we have another committee coming up. So we're going to recess until Tuesday at 10 a.m. And I will send notice out on that recessed agenda. So that would end the meeting for right now. We will recess until Tuesday at 10 a.m. Good morning, colleagues. It's 10 o'clock and the Committee on Finance is hereby called to order. However, we will stand in recess until 3 p.m. after zoning and rules. Mr. Chairman, you need a roll call vote, Mr. Chairman. I don't need a roll call vote. I'm just recessing until 3 p.m. You need a roll call vote to reconvene. You cannot recess and reconvene until you actually gavel in and have a roll call vote, Mr. Chairman. You need a roll call vote on quorum. Actually, Alderman Beale, I don't for a reconvening of the meeting. Yes, you do. If I'm not taking up any business, I do not need to call a roll call. There is business. And Mr. Chairman, I call the question and ask for a roll call vote on my item. I am not doing that. I've already called it and we're recessing until 3 p.m. Thank you. You are totally out of order and against our rules and regulations. Excuse me, point of information. I think that the last voice we heard was that of 10th Ward Alderman Sue Solowski Garza. Does that sound right? It sure sounded like so. I but, hear you, Sue. <laughs> but given that all committee meetings still take place via video conference, we have to rely on the city clerk's online feed of the meeting, and it cut off right there, just so we heard. Now, before we hear more about this saga, any comments, Ben? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it, it, without uh, background, I don't know if any of that makes sense. But we've long-time listeners to the Dave Glowat segment on this show know what's going on. Uh, Anthony Beal has been pushing for this for a long, long time. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot cannot stand Anthony Beal. Uh, and uh, so she's doing everything she can uh, to prevent this from coming to a vote. I think it's utterly absurd. Now, look, when I compare this to Donald Trump's attempted coup in Washington, it's not that significant. I understand that. Uh, on the other hand, it's we're supposed to have democracy in the city of Chicago, and they keep putting obstacles in front of him. Scott Wagesback, who would have been playing the other role just two years ago with Mayor Rahm and Ed Burke as chair, uh, the Finance Committee is now playing the Ed Burke role. And uh, I didn't like it when Ed Burke did it. I don't like it when Scotty's doing it. I just think it's absurd. 
Let the man have his vote. Just to your point there, to recap for listeners, what happened to this ordinance, the history of it since he introduced it in March of 2021, when he first introduced it, another alderman made a parliamentary maneuver to get the ordinance referred to the Rules Committee, which is a traditional traditional way to delay consideration, uh, because otherwise it would have gone to the Finance Committee. In October of 21, Beal managed to get the ordinance out of the Rules Committee and brought before the full council. Then in another parliamentary maneuver, someone, another alderman caused it to be deferred to a subsequent meeting. Then in January of 2022, it was finally referred to the Finance Committee. So that's, that's how it ended up in the Finance Committee at yeah. this point. And we, we heard Alderman Wagensbeck uh, just kind of like still slow mowing it, it seems. Yeah, because the votes were, Beal had the votes and Mayor Lori Lightfoot would lose. And guess what? That happens in democracy. And this gets into our whole attitude about how the mayor and the mayor buys into this and all the reporters who cover city council buy into this, that the mayor's got to be, you know, omnipotent and can pass anything through the city council. And sometimes you lose in a democracy. You move on. And uh, so the absurdity of recess. How many recesses did Scotty do there? Three? So, yeah, there was June 16. It recessed it to uh, June 21. And then we heard uh, at 10 a.m. And then at 10 a.m. we heard Wagaspeg say, now we're going to recess till 3 p.m. the same day. Yeah. Just have the vote. Lose. You lose the vote. I got news for you. You veto the legislation. They don't have enough votes to override your veto. If you so sincerely believe that we should not uh, raise the threshold, if you so sincerely believe that this will uh, save lives, cut down on injuries, uh, and also bring in revenue to the city, which are the two arguments that Mayor Lori Lightfoot is, you'll get that. But this is just farcical. This is just like gamesmanship. This well, is, let's, let's, go ahead. let's listen to the next part because it, it does continue. Dennis, go please ahead. listen to finance next. So after finance chair Wagaspeck recessed the morning session, a June 21 meeting that, that we just heard, the meeting reconvened, reconvened at 3 p.m. Alderman Beale's speed camera ordinance was the only item on the agenda. Even though public comment had occurred at the original start of the meeting on June 16 and therefore was not required for this reconvened session, somehow, somewhere, someone found a half dozen folks to speak in public comment, and they made it happen in this session. All of them spoke against raising the ticket threshold as proposed by the Beale Ordinance, including two crossing guards, a safe passage worker, and a couple other citizens. There was yet another presentation by CDOT head Gia Biagi, and this time she was joined by Budget Director Susie Park, who talked about the revenue aspect of the uh, lower threshold, Comptroller Reshma Sony, and Director of Chicago Department of Administrative, Administrative Hearings, Patricia Jakowiak. This meeting lasted two and a half hours, during which Alderman grilled all those city staffers, we're going to listen to some final comments by Alderman, which lead up to a committee vote. Let's listen. Alderman King. I'm disappointed that we don't have the data that shows the difference between lowering the threshold from 10 to 6 
Um, we should. We should know that. We should, you know, as a city, seek to understand how we can make our streets safer and not how we can raise more revenue. But we can do both. <laughs> there are lots of places in this city where we can put cameras that would be more equitable, that wouldn't just be, you know, in the black and brown communities, and that we could make the city safer and make more revenue. I think these are false choices that we're given. And I hate that we're conflating the issue. Like we're saying that if we do this, you know, that it'll be less safe, but we don't have the data to show that. You haven't shown us the data that shows that. Vice Chair Hairston. I really want to point out to my colleagues here that this is not about reducing speed levels in parks or around schools. We are all committed to safety. We are all committed to making sure that our children and that our people, our citizens are safe. So this is not about that. And to the extent that you all have chosen commissioners to kind of muddy the waters, to confuse people and make them think that this is about lowering the speed limit or getting rid of the cameras altogether, that is not what this is. You're just changing the speed in the zone at which you get your ticket. And yes, it could be up to nine miles per hour and then 10 triggers a ticket, but we never discussed that. It could be eight miles per hour and nine triggers a ticket, but we didn't discuss that. You already said ours is the lowest in the country. So we just picked an arbitrary number because you have no data to prove otherwise. And the data that you did present shows that we're well within the limits of 30 miles per hour if we were to make it 10 miles per hour in a 20 mile per hour zone, which is the speed limit for school zones and the speed limit for parks. And so that 10 would still be within that 30 from your presentation for tickets being issued. I see us collecting tickets seven days a week, year round. I don't know how many kids are in the park when we're 50 degrees below zero. So, (laughs) you know, there are some things that we need to do different. And we cannot say that we are not balancing the budget on the backs of the people, particularly the backs of the brown and black people, because that's where the data show. Alderman Beal. Just last week, we were told that this is strictly about public safety, public safety, public safety. And a couple of days later, now we're saying that it's about revenue. So the commissioner and the budget director have done a wonderful job trying to spin the narrative on this particular ordinance. This ordinance was never about reducing the speed. It was always about righting the wrong of changing the speed from 10 miles an hour to six miles an hour without a city council vote. This was done administratively and it could have been done under the prior administration, but it was not because they knew it was not the right thing to do. This administration saw fit to change it to six miles an hour. And you see in the first 10 months alone, we have generated $59 million from when the speed was changed. And I guarantee you, we cannot get the correct answer, but the majority of that money is off the backs of people who can least afford it in the black and brown communities. 16 yeses, 15 noes. Sorry, I had 15. 15 yeah, I, yes, 14 no. 16 yes, 16 no. 15 uh, yes, 15 no. Hold on a second. Mr. Chairman, it is 15 to 16. The motion passed. Uh, thank yes, you, Alderman. 16, 15. 16, 15. 
16 to 15, actually, Alderman Beal. So thank you for that. I'm just trying to make sure that I got everybody on that was supposed to vote. All right. So, um, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I don't want to drag this on, Chairman, but maybe we should. Seems a little unclear to do it again. I don't see the harm in it. No. no I think, uh, oh, for Pete's sake. You can't stare. You can't fall. Uh, Alderman Lopez, you don't have the floor. Thank you. And, I'm and just Nick, asking I didn't for it. Oh, everybody don't get all rattled about this. If there's some confusion, that's all I'm I, saying. That's cool. all. I'm not asking I, people to change their votes. I understand that. If, it's called um, a verification You understand, role. but other you, people didn't go, understand. All right. Go ahead and admonish Nick now. I just did, Alderman Lopez. And if you would allow me to run my committee, we could move forward. All right? But everybody jumping go in. Ahead. Sounds like a classroom getting out of control. So just everybody hold on a second, and I can do a verification vote. And that's all we have to do. Yeah, it did sound like a school class in there. <laughs> Nick, out of nowhere, comes Pizzano. Let's just do a new, a new Come on, Nick. You were speaking out of order. And Lopez has a good point. They didn't chastise Nick for speaking out of order, but they chastised him, man. The audio, the audio doesn't lie. The audio doesn't lie. Let me just tell you one of my favorite songs of the 1970s. Games people play by the spinners. That's what's going on at the city council. Yeah, that's uh, that's what was the sort of the uh, penultimate act in this uh, play. We're next going to hear what happened in the ultimate act at the full city council meeting. But any other words before we do that? Uh, no, it just uh, <laughs> they could have had that vote on Monday. I'm just saying you could have just had that vote on Monday, but no, it could have gone either way. Man. It was like they it won by one vote, 16, one vote, you know, and, and the, here's the thing, folks, I'm just going to uh, remind you of this. The speed cameras were an issue for automatic races throughout the city in 2019 municipals. They were an issue. All right. And I saw, I heard so many automatic candidates say, I'm going to vote against the speed cameras. You get in the office and the mayor starts putting the squeeze on. We need the money. You got to go for a property tax increase. We're squeeze the same argument they had for the casino. We need the money. You got to go for a property tax increase. Squeeze and the other and they flip. And you know, I it just feeds. I have this conversation with Michael Girardi, dear friend of the show, all the time. The attitude that nothing is legit in government. The cynicism that voters have, if they even vaguely pay attention to what's going on, this just feeds it. It's just like feeds that notion that nothing is legit. You, nobody can be believed. And regardless of whether you think traffic enforcement cameras are a good idea, whether you're on the side of saying that, you know, making people slow down because it's their choice to speed or making people stop at red lights rather than blow through them. Or you believe that as, as some aldermen said, that this is just a way to nickel and dime poor people, regardless of, of either of those things, there is fact that this, that the traffic enforcement cameras when introduced in Chicago was done in a corrupt way. There was a, a city employee who went to prison yes. after, uh, I believe, an inspector general audit of the program, which led to a Tribune investigation, which led to a federal indictment. Yeah. So citizens, I believe, Ben, are rightly skeptical yes. about you know how Absolutely. traffic enforcement cameras came to Chicago to begin with. 
Yes, that's a good uh, a good history lesson there. I forgot that. Uh, so thank you for adding that. And uh, by the way, Mark but it continues Wallace, to this day, right? Yes, there, there's still people being indicted in suburban suburban enforcement uh, and, programs. And Mark Wallace has been on the show several times. Can do chapter and verse on this. So this is to put it mildly. Uh, Front. What's that? Yeah, it, it is a questionable. The whole thing is severely questionable. It was an issue in the 2019 campaign, uh, and we've gone nowhere on it. Absolutely nowhere on it. It's clear that this, it's revenue. It's all about money. That's what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. They don't want to raise taxes directly. So they want to brag that they hold. We held the line on taxes because they've got all these backdoor taxes. So I'm, I'm with you there. I forgot that. Uh, yes, that was a very important point. Uh, well, let's, let's continue. There's a couple more uh, uh, acts here. Uh, Dennis, please, we'll do speed next. Now, let's return to the June 22 meeting of the full city council when Alderman Beale's speed camera ordinance, having passed out of the finan- finance committee, 16 to 15, came to the floor for council consideration. Before we listen to what happened, though, I'll just, again, uh, reiterate that this thing was introduced by Beal in March of 2021, and there were a number of parliamentary maneuvers, as I said earlier, that caused it to be delayed, one of which was uh, a deferral, which means that an alderman, two aldermen can stand up and say, we want to defer consideration to the next meeting. On June 21, as we saw, the committee, Finance Committee passed at 16 to 15. Now we'll hear what happened after Finance Committee Chair Scott Wagesback reported on the ordinance at the June 22 council meeting. Let's listen. Item three is a communication recommending a proposed ordinance amending municipal code to further regulate the automated speed enforcement system. On this item, I move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report. The chair recognizes Alderman Irvin. Number one, after yesterday's uh, debate on this, is the two things that are very clear. Based on the data that was presented, we know and understand that speed is not our friend in a car or outside of a car. A young child last week was killed by a hit-and-run driver on 16th Street. Today, we just honored folks from Safe Passage but in another breath, want to take the funding away that supports them. I know this is a unique and and challenging issue, but it's on us as members of council to lead. And leading uh, may sometimes mean doing something that is not popular. Of course, nobody wants to be caught in violation uh, of the law. But again, uh, with all that is happening in many of our communities, I think this is not the proper step to take. So Alderman Wagespach, Spazzato, Burnett, Curtis, Harris, Laspada, and I move to defer and publish. The matter will be deferred and published. Alderman Beal. My point is that this item has already been deferred and published once, and you cannot defer and publish an item We are regulated by home rule and there's nothing in our rules and regs and our bylaws that state that you can defer and publish an item twice. Alderman Irvin. Wish to disagree with the uh, gentleman from the Ninth Ward. This item was deferred and published out of a different committee. 
under state law, an item coming out of a committee can be deferred and published under state law. So the matter of it coming from one committee to the other is irrelevant in the conversation, even though the item had been deferred and published out of rules. This item is coming out of finance committee at this point and is subject to being deferred and published under state law. If I may, Alderman, my recollection is that your original ordinance was deferred and published. What we're talking about today is a committee report, which is a different item. It can be deferred and published, as you know, that happens all the time. Wow. The matter is deferred and published. We, Chairman Wagus back. We Please defer, proceed. Madam President, we defer President. and publish items. Can you please turn on his microphone? This item was deferred and published as an individual item, not as a committee report. And you cannot, based on our laws, defer and publish an item twice. And so, therefore, I respectfully appeal the ruling of the chair by a roll call vote. Alderman Beal, DMPs are not appealable, sir. I am appealing the ruling of the chair, Madam DMPs President. DMPs are not appealable. This, Alderman Wagus back, out please of continue order on. Because you cannot Alderman, be an item. Alderman Wagus back, sir. Sir, Alder, DMPs are not de de uh, debatable. They are not appealable. You don't get to that change the rules. That is clearly what Anthony. our rules state. And that's no, no, sir. I, when, when, it's interesting that every time you are wrong, you challenge everything. We are not making them up. Pursuant to, to pursuant to 65, pursuant to 65 ISCF 5 slash 3.1 dash, sir, please, section 3.1 dash 40 dash 35, entitled Deferral of Committee Reports. Upon the request of two older persons present, any report of a committee of the council. Shelby, sir, please, I would appreciate. No, that's not what the rules are, sir. I think we've debated this long enough. Sir, please continue on. So I went back to the city council rules and looked carefully, and I believe that they got him again. Yeah, they got him, yeah. It's there is, joke. in fact, nothing that says something cannot be deferred twice. So he's 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 arguing the negative, Beal is. But uh, he said he said it's yeah, it's and 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 we hear at the end Mayor Lightfoot actually quoting state statute around deferral of committee reports in municipal city councils, and uh, she is quoting it correctly. Any report of a committee of the council shall be deferred for final action to the next regular meeting of the council after the report is made. Yeah, and she it, quoted the verse. The whole thing is like Alice uh, in Wonderland. I mean, we've gone down the rabbit hole. Uh, it, it's it's making a farce out of government, and it's it just contributes to the just undeniable apathy and hostility that people have toward government, and uh, it's. I don't believe it's a triviality. Uh, I believe that what they're doing is a form of bullying. And uh, what Mayor Lori Lightfoot and her uh, allies are doing is a form of bullying. Uh, and they should give it a vote. It's Beal has been pushing this for, I forget how many months. Uh, it's a legitimate issue. It has a wretched history. Uh, and we need to confront this matter one way or another up or down whatever your position is but this game we just kick it delay it it just it's anti-democratic and i think it's disgraceful that a so-called reform mayor 
who is uh, was victorious with the backing of the quote unquote reform community uh, would think she's free to get away with it and sort of chortle and recite just like using the state law, the Byzantine language of state law, which nobody really understands as a weapon to smash this down. It's disgraceful. It's something straight out of Richard M. Daly, Rahm Emanuel, and Richard J. Daly. The only difference is, I'll give her credit, she asked them to turn his microphone back on, which is Richard J. Daly, they would have turned the microphone off. And why? Because she did not want an up or down vote that would show her losing. So afraid of some freaking editorial or column in the Sun-Times. Mayor Rahm never lost. Who cares? A mayor isn't a god. Get away from that, people. So twisted. We we wouldn't be even having this conversation if the mayor was not presiding over city council meetings. Or or hadn't uh, appointed the committee chairs. Uh, Let's not forget that one. Sure. I mean, what a joke. The whole thing is a farce. And the reality is, one more time, ladies and gentlemen, if Mayor Lori Lightfoot believes this is bad policy for the city of Chicago. If she thinks that it's endangering public safety, not uh, to lift it from six to 10. If she thinks that it will leave a hole in the budget, not having that ticket revenue coming in, she can veto it. They don't have the votes to override her veto, but it's because she's afraid of a negative article in the sun times or the tribune. She's, this circus continues. She's allowing this circus to continue. And just like I said, Dave, it just feeds the cynicism of, of voters. And I, I mean, everybody, oh, every election day, you'll hear them say the same thing. You got to vote. You got to vote. <laughs> Why? So we could see stuff like this. I actually believe in voting. It's like a practice. Like I can't help myself. Like brushing your teeth. It is like, yeah, it's something. I, why do I brush my teeth? Like, every day you know but i don't vote every day but your point's well taken so i um so some so some people some of these voters you're talking about might wish that somebody you know could push back well that the last thing we're going to hear is what happened in that respect dennis please we're going to do defer next after the deferral of alderman beale's speed camera ordinance finance committee chair wagaspec continued his report on the other items passed by the finance committee for full council approval Here's how that went. Let's listen. Item number five is a communication recommending a proposed ordinance concerning the authority to issue multifamily housing revenue bonds for construction of affordable housing located at 209 South Kedzie Avenue and move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report. I I'm sorry, uh, Alderman Lopez, Alderman Lopez wish do you to speak wish to on speak the item? to this matter? Yes, thank you, Madam President. Alderman Beal and I move to defer and publish this item. <laughs> Item number seven is a communication recommending a proposed ordinance concerning the authority to amend the master intergovernmental agreement with the Public Building Commission of Chicago regarding use of tax increment financing funds for various projects. I move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report. Chair recognizes Alderman Beal. Me and Alderman Lopez wish to defer and publish. So just so we're clear and maybe we can save some time. Okay. Are you guys going to play this game on every item that comes out of finance and defer and publish? Yep. All right. So, Chairman. Item number eight. Yes, please. All right. Item number eight is a communication recommending a proposed ordinance with the Chicago Transit Authority to provide tax increment financing funds for infrastructure repairs to the 43rd Street Green Line Station. 
I move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report. Alderman Lopez, are you and Alderman Beal wishing to defer and publish this matter as well? It will be deferred and published. I'm sure your colleagues thank you. Item 9 is a communication recommending a proposed ordinance with the CTA to provide tax increment financing funds for much-needed infrastructure repairs to the Blue Line Forest Park branch between Damon and Ashland. I move passage by... Names continue, Alderman Lopez and Alderman Beal. Thank you. Madam President, minus the commentary, Alderman Beal and I do move to defer and publish this item. It shall be deferred and published. The games continue, Chairman Wagesback. All right. Item 10 is a communication recommending a proposed ordinance with the Chicago Transit Authority to provide tax increment financing funds for infrastructure repairs to the California Blue Line Station. Um, I thought Alderman Laspata was going to speak on this item, but since uh, no one wishes to speak, I move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report. Chair recognizes Alderman Beal. I wish to defer and publish this item with Alderman Lopez. The item will be deferred and published. Item 11 is a communication recommending a proposed ordinance with the Chicago Transit Authority to provide tax increment financing funds for infrastructure repairs to the Western Brown Line Station and move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report. The chair recognizes Alderman Lopez. Alderman Beal and I move to defer and publish this. Communication recommending a proposed ordinance approving the redevelopment plan for the Cicero-Stevenson redevelopment project area pursuant to the Tax Increment Financing Act. I move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report. The chair recognizes Alderman Beal. Me and Alderman Lopez wish to defer and publish this item. The item will be deferred and published. Item 13 is a communication recommending a proposed ordinance designating the Cicero-Stevenson redevelopment project area as a redevelopment project area pursuant to the Tax Increment Financing Act. I move passage by the first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report. It recognizes Alderman Vasquez. I'd like to be recorded as thoroughly embarrassed and would ask our colleagues to cease and desist so we can continue proceedings. We don't have a thoroughly embarrassed button. Item 14? Yes, please. <laughs> Item 14 is a communication recommending the adoption of tax increment financing for Cicero-Stevenson redevelopment project area. I move passage by a first most favorable roll call vote of the Committee on Finance report. The chair recognizes <clears throat> Alderman Lopez. Alderman Beal and I move to defer and publish this item. The matter will be deferred and published. Item 16 is an order authorizing two charitable solicitation tag day permits for the American Civil Liberties Union and Save the Children, both to run July 1st through December 31st, 2022. Unless there is another objection, I ask that this item be placed in the omnibus. You want to object to the tag days, gentlemen? Alderman Beal? The item will be placed in the omnibus. That concludes the report of the Committee on Finance. I'm Thank good. you, Chairman Wagesback. The uh, body will stand in recess for five minutes. So we heard the pushback there. They deferred uh, about a dozen items, including, uh, you might have heard, a new tax increment financing yeah. district on the southwest side called the Cicero Stevenson TIF district that would have uh, a combination of housing and uh, commercial space. And smack dab in the middle of it is a charter school expansion that um, has some interesting origins uh, associated with former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan in terms of uh, arranging state funding for it, which I wrote about at the Inside Chicago Government website, uh, shygov.com, so listeners might want to check that out. Yes, uh, and uh, so I was laughing 
uh, throughout that. Uh, yes, uh, Beal uh, and uh, Lopez are playing tit for tat. And though I've said this, I think I said this in the past shows, uh, Dave, when we talked about not with you, but when uh, Dennis and I were doing this. Uh, Ottoman Vasquez, oh, all of a sudden now you're embarrassed. Now you're embarrassed. Come on. It's tit for tat. So they're, yes. Is it childish, I suppose you could say, for them to do to the mayor what the mayor did to them? Well, why don't you condemn the mayor? So, you know, it's a cease and desist. At some point, I do believe defer and publish is just like lost its mind. And here's the absurdity of it, Dave. So the mayor needs to avoid a quote unquote embarrassing loss. She needs, she wants to avoid that language being used in uh, an account of what goes down. Not that anybody cares one way or another um, because she needs to be seen as powerful and she needs to win every vote and she can't afford to have to veto. But, but if there is no, that's a display of her relative powerlessness. Alderman deferring and published routinely. Dave, I can recall begging Alderman to defer and publish TIFF deals from the ROM days. But come on, guys. You got to remember defer and publish on the DePaul Stadium. Remember that story that uh, both of us trust were him, obsessed yeah. with? Yes. And for a while, I do believe Nick Spazzato entertained the notion of deferring and publish, and then he backed away when Pat Dowell asked him not to. The point is, we've already moved on <laughs> as, a, as a city. Where the city council is not just not is not completely and utterly intimidated by the mayor. So I just think it's a wasted effort. Uh, and um, yes, tit for tat is uh, a child's game. But I think the mayor was also being extremely childish, and her uh, aldermanic followers were enablers. Yeah, that's what they call it, enablers. Pretending as though they were deferring and published because they believed that the matter, what, deserved more attention. I'll repeat what I said. She could kill this. All she has to do is veto it. They don't have the votes to override the veto. So there's games being played in the city of Chicago, ladies and gentlemen. And now Andre Vasquez is all of a sudden outraged by them? I don't know. Come on, Andre. You're better than that. I was surprised by that. I was too. I'm like, come on, Andre. You you know what went down. I was surprised. I was I was like, not you, Andre. Okay. <laughs> I see Jason Irvin playing that role, but not you. So overwriting of uh, mayoral veto is two thirds uh, vote. Is that correct? Is that what it is? Two thirds. I'm bad at math. I think well, it's if, two, if, thirty-three. It's, let's say it, let's, thirty-three. Isn't that what you need? Thirty-three. Four. I believe. So yeah, it, it could pass with twenty-six. And uh, you, you, you presume that there aren't 34 votes. There are so, not. It was 16 to 15 coming out of committee. <laughs> it yeah, barely yeah, passed committee. It would be interesting to see. Well, it will be interesting to see because that's going to happen in July. Well, I think it's going to happen in I July. I actually do believe uh, she will be victorious when, if it comes to vote. You know, the, the, the money game and the... You know they would that that'll do it because that's all you got to do. <laughs> do right. you would you rather raise taxes? So, Taking man. bets here, folks. 
I, what's, okay, so my prediction is that uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot prevails on this vote when it comes uh, to the council, whenever she lets it come to the council in July. Your prediction, Young Dave? I can't. I really can't predict this one. I think it's right on the edge. And, you know, one of the reasons to defer is to continue to twist arms. Right, right. And uh, presumably, presumably, the longer the minute the administration has to twist arms, the more that arms will be twisted. All right. Well, we have definitely run out of time uh, on this show because I have to get to a doctor's appointment. Uh, and uh, so even if we have more clips, we'll have to hold them for another time. We're all done. Uh, and because I do not want to speed uh, the irony of irony, <laughs> the doctor's appointment. Every- <laughs> Just avoid all the parks and schools and yes, you'll be fine. I'll be yeah. fine. And I should ride my bike, but I'll be... Uh, I don't think I'll be doing that. All right, Dave. Well, well, if uh, listeners want to hear more uh, about from this council meeting, they could go to the Inside Chicago Government website, shygov.com. If you want to see some of the Facebook insights that we have around city council and other Chicago government reporting, go to facebook.com slash inside gov. And on Twitter, you could follow us at C H I G O V T. And again, my thanks to you, Ben, and to Dennis for enabling my obsession yes in this case uh it's my i share the obsession so you're enabling me it's co-enabling uh and it's productive enabling unlike what just went down uh in the city council great job a, a, a plea for help uh yes plea for help great job dave Kloetz. thank you very much i also want to thank the man the myth the legend the pride of joy Walton, illinois without whom this show would be possible and as andre vasquez and Lori Lightfoot will tell you back home at all. And they call him Dr. D. The D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. <laughs>